Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the Crossroads Baptist Church radio broadcast again today. We have a special guest with us today, Pastor David Brown from Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. Brother Brown, you tell us a little bit about yourself and give us a sermon this morning. Okay, pleasure to be with you and thankful for this opportunity to open the Bible. I have often been told that I have a face for radio, and so we're excited about this opportunity. And uh, my name is David Brown, uh, youth pastor, assistant pastor at the Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. Been there a little over 14 years, uh, saved at an early age, began preaching at the age of 13. That's over 20 years ago, and never regretted a moment of giving my life to the service of Jesus Christ. He's good. His word is good. The Christian life is good. We're going to open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 today. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus and of the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. Verse 5, for our, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. I'd like to focus for a, a few minutes on the phrase from verse number six, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Those two phrases do not seem to go together. Those two concepts do not seem to go together. Here we have affliction and joy at the same time, and it's instructive. These believers were exemplary believers. This epistle, 1 Thessalonians, one of the most encouraging books in the New Testament. It is not a it is not a message of warning. It is not a message of rebuke. It is a message of hope. It is a message of joy. It is a message of peace. It is a book in your New Testament that focuses on the promise of the return of Jesus Christ. Each chapter in 1 Thessalonians ends with some reference to the second coming of the Savior. And one of the keynotes in the book is this joy. Now I'm going to turn back to Acts chapter 17, which records the time when Paul went and preached the gospel in Thessalonica. In Acts chapter 17, beginning from verse number one, the Bible says this, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reason with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and the chief women, not a few. But the Jews which believed not moved with envy, 
took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, gathered a company, set all the city on an uproar, assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out of the people. When they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus, and they trouble the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. When they had taken security of Jason and the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went to the synagogue of the Jews. So Paul and Silas traveled to Thessalonica. They preached the gospel. They opened the word of God. They, they proclaimed the truth about Jesus Christ. And some believe, and a church is established, but quickly trouble comes to that new congregation. Quickly persecution follows in the wake of these, the Bible says, who have turned the world upside down. We understand from Acts chapter 17 that Paul's stay in Thessalonica lasted the grand total of three weeks time. Verse number Two says he reasoned three Sabbath days out of the scripture, and then he's run out of town. When you continue in the in the chapter here in Acts chapter 17, Paul gets to Berea, he does the same thing. He preaches the gospel, some souls are saved, a church is established. He does not meet the same opposition in Berea that he met in Thessalonica. But the people from Thessalonica who opposed the preaching of the gospel found out that Paul was in Berea, so they tracked him down, and he had to flee and escape from that place as well. From Berea, he goes to Athens, from Athens to Corinth in Acts chapter 18. And when he's in Corinth, he has sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to check on the believers there and, and see how they're doing and encourage them. Timothy brings the report back to Paul as he's in Corinth, and it's a good report. And the believers are doing well, and they're thriving in the faith. These exemplary believers in, in Thessalonica who were addressed in 1 Thessalonians they were baby Christians. They hadn't been saved long. And their Christian journey to this point has not been an easy one. They received the word, verse 6 of chapter 1 says again, in much affliction. Chapter 2 and verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians says this, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea, are in Christ Jesus, for ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Again, their suffering is alluded to. Chapter 3, verse number 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto, for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass and ye know. Here's the point that I'm making from 1 Thessalonians and from the book of Acts. This church was not established in the context of what we have known the past couple hundred years in our country that was 
founded Praise the Lord by God-fearing men on biblical principles, and so we have inherited the blessings of freedom and of prosperity and of comfort. This church didn't have that. This church was not established. This church did not grow. This church did not continue in anything resembling what we've experienced and known all of our lives. They were in the midst of affliction and suffering and persecution and opposition. They did not enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. They did not enjoy the prosperity that we enjoy. They, 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 their circumstances in no way resemble ours. And yet, and yet, it's a growing church. It's a thriving church. It's a sound church. It's a hopeful church. It's a witnessing church. And these are joy-filled believers. They received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. How is that possible? Well, joy does not depend on one's circumstances. Joy goes deeper than that. In the epistle of 1 Peter, Peter wrote to a, a group of people in a similar situation. That book is all about suffering. Because the people to whom Peter wrote, they were suffering for their faith. However, that, that epistle, it majors on the blessings of the salvation that we have and that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. And if we were to read the first chapter of 1 Peter, verse 3 talks about our new birth. Verse number 4 talks about our eternal security, our reservation in heaven. Verse 5, we are kept by the power of of God through faith and a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, year in heaviness through manifold temptations. The next verse talks about their tr the trial of their faith, but it was much more precious than of gold that perisheth. These people, nobody would want to trade places with them. You wouldn't want to have to face today what they faced. You wouldn't have to face tomorrow what they faced. But it did not keep them from rejoicing greatly. Verse number 8 says, They rejoiced with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'd like to ask you today, I'd like to ask you today, are you a joyful Christian? Are you a joyful believer? Is your life characterized by the joy of Jesus Christ? It ought to be. If you are saved, you have something, 1 Peter 1, 6, wherein to greatly rejoice that is, is in no way affected by your life circumstances, by the situation in which you find yourself. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know that man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward, the book of Job says. I know that man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We, we live in a world under the curse of sin and, 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 and not only the situations we create from ourselves and the consequences of the decisions that we make, we're just in a world that is full of trouble and yet... We have a salvation that enables us to rise above all of that 
and have real, true, abiding joy. You know what we have in 1 Thessalonians? We have the hope that Jesus Christ will return. And when he gets back, everything that's wrong in your life, he's going to make it right. When he gets back, everything wrong in your country, he's going to make it right. When he gets back, everything that's wrong in the world, he's going to make it right. If if I will keep my mind there, if I will keep my heart there, I can have much affliction and at the same time, I can have joy. I can have heaviness through manifold temptations, and at the same time, I can greatly rejoice. Now, here's why I say all of that. Because for hundreds of years, we have enjoyed and inherited the blessings of freedom and prosperity and comfort because of the way in which our nation was founded. But you know as well as I, this nation has turned its back on God long ago. Blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord, the Bible says, but it also says the wicked will be turned into hell and every nation that forgets God. What if, what if circumstances were to change? It certainly looks that way. I don't know what lies ahead for our nation, for our country, for our land, but we're heading the wrong way very quickly. It could very well be that we see a day in which we no longer enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. It could be that we see a day where the opposition to the church of Jesus Christ really, really heats up in this nation. But that's what these believers faced and they had joy. Now here's my question. How is it that you would expect to have that joy then if you don't have that joy now? 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about a day, the last days in which perilous times would come, but it tells us what to do. Continue thou, verse 14, 2 Timothy 3, continue thou in the things thou hast learned and been assured of. You know what you do when everything falls, falls apart all around you? You keep doing right. But you know what you have to do in order to be able to continue doing right? You have to start doing right. You can't continue what you haven't started. I'm telling you, things fall apart. You're not going to have the joy then if you don't have it now. I'm encouraging you, trust in God, hope in your salvation, look forward to Jesus coming again. That's a wherein we can greatly rejoice. God bless you.